Welcome to Teacher's Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Edward DeShazer. Teacher's Ed Podcast is brought to you by Be Well Teacher Box, a gift box to help teachers focus on their self-care. If you have not, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. This helps us get in front of more teachers just like you. On today's episode of Teacher's Ed Podcast, our topic is engaging students out of boredom. Welcome back to Teacher's Ed. On this episode, uh, we're going to talk about engaging students out of boredom, which is an important topic to talk about um, as we're trying to make education more fun for students. Uh, Today's guest is Melissa Ray. She is currently the principal at Greater Holy Temple Christian Academy. Uh, Shameless plug, that is the school that I work at. Um, She's also been a teacher, so she's been in education for nine years. Uh, If you haven't gotten a chance, please go back and check out the last episode. Uh, that she was on to learn a little more about her. Um, but thank you for being here again on this episode. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about just engagement. And we've we've had other episodes where we've talked about, you know, how school doesn't feel fun. And, you know, there's a I think there's a huge difference from how school feels for kindergarten through third grade-ish. And then when kids get to middle school and high school, it almost like this switch flips where school becomes very stuffy and and it's just not fun for kids. So when you think of um, engagement and boredom, what are some of the things as a now administrator, but what are some of the things as someone that's taught? So you taught for eight years, now you're in administration, but what are some of the things that you saw as a teacher that you're still seeing as administrator as far as engagement with students? Playing games. Kids always love games. And games are exciting. I was a math teacher for a while, especially in middle school. Um, And we play games at least once a week because it's fun. And the kids don't even realize that they're learning. Um, I think some of the other things that I did was just getting kids to work in partners or in small groups and um, getting them, them up and walking around the room, getting into partners with different people. Um, and then just asking kids questions. When I taught math, a lot of the time I would give them a problem and I would pretend like I knew nothing and I would ask them to tell me what to do. Like, what's the first step? Okay, why am I doing that? What's the next step? Why am I doing that? Um, And so putting the thinking on them rather than the teacher, it kind of puts them in that leadership role and it gives them the experience to teach one another. And I think the... A lot of teachers put more work, especially older teachers. When I say older, I mean middle school and up. They put more work on themselves where it's like the definition of working harder, not smarter. Like you don't have to stand up there all day. Like you can get your kids to come up and lead some of the discussions and and guide things. And I, the fastest way to learn is to teach. So it's like getting kids involved. What are some of the grades that you've all taught for the people that don't know you? K-4, K-5, first grade, second grade, third grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. So it would have been easier to ask you what grades you didn't teach. <laughs> the you just, only I grade. I just named them all. I second grade I didn't hear? Fourth. Fourth. That's the only grade I have not taught. So does engagement, how does engagement look different from kindergarten and that younger, early elementary to middle school? Engagement with the younger kids, it's more important. They need more breaks. Um, their focus 
isn't necessarily as long as an older kid's. And so I had a lot of brain breaks in my class. We might do something for 15 minutes and then we're getting up and dancing. Um, and when we are getting up and dancing, we're counting by fives or we're counting by tens. And so it's still educational. Um, in the older grades, it's, it has to be a little bit more structured and you kind of have to put more um, time and thought into what you want them to do. When I taught the younger grades, I did centers, but I also did centers in eighth grade. You can still do it. Um, you just have to make sure it's structured. And then you also have to kind of have a plan of what you're, what they're doing while they're in each center and making them understand that it's not baby-ish um, and that they're still they're still getting what they need to get done. It's still educational. For a teacher that's listening at a younger level, what are some of the brain break ideas uh, that you that you've done or things that you've seen that you're just like that is such a great idea that you have seen that you would um, recommend to a teacher? Maybe there's a new teacher that's listening that's you know a couple years in. You know what are some of the brain breaks for the lower levels and what are some of the breaks for the upper levels? So two part question. The lower levels, what are some of the brain break activities that you think have been very effective in getting kids moving around, but also kind of tricking them, per se, into learning while they're doing that? My favorite is Go Noodle. Um, it's a website that teachers can join. There are already videos on there, but then you can also add your own from YouTube. So um, I had some on there that I took from YouTube where it was letters, letter sounds, and it was a song. Um, when we're learning digraphs, there's a digraph song that's super catchy. And so I played it with my younger kids. But then when I got to sixth grade and realized that my sixth graders didn't know digraphs, we played the same song. Um, and just counting videos, counting by fives, counting by tens, counting by fifties, counting by hundreds. There's a lot of videos like that for kids to, they get engaged because it's a song. Um, and then with the older kids, I did a lot of, it, it wasn't necessarily a brain break, but I did a lot of turn and talks. And so I would ask them a question or I would give them um, a topic and then I would give them a timer for 30 seconds, a minute, and they had to turn and talk to their partner. So it's, it's a break from me lecturing to you. Um, they get to talk to each other and then I would ask, tell me what your partner said. I don't want to know what you said. Tell me what your partner said, because now I need to know that you were listening, you were engaged, and now you can share it out. And that's something that you see a lot at conferences where they will ask you to talk to someone. And then it's like, well, what did you learn about that person? Because I think that they're the communication aspect. It's like people love to talk, but do people listen? So I think that is important. But a lot of teachers in the middle school area are scared to allow students to talk because you're always worried about like bringing them back in. But if you give kids the opportunity, it's a skill. And, I, and when kids can't do it, it's usually a lack of they always, it's a lack of skill, not a lack of will. It's not that kids don't know how to stop talking and come back to pay attention to you is that they haven't been given the opportunity to practice it enough to know that, you know what, I can have a conversation. Then when my teacher, you know, clap once if you hear my voice like it's something they got. They have to learn how to do to get back to that. But I think that's something that's very scary for middle school, high school teachers because they're always so worried. Like, will the kids call them back down? It's like they will, but you have to continually try it. It may not work the first time. You may do it, and it may take you five minutes to get the kids back engaged. But the next time it takes four minutes, and it's three minutes, and two minutes. Then you know, if after you've done it enough, now kids have learned. Like, hey. 
when this is done, our attention's back to the teacher. So I think that is um, a skill that a lot of teachers are scared to do when it comes to breaks with older kids, but it's important because you can't just have kids working all day. It's no different than you have a, put a bunch of adults in a room. Like we get up, we go to the bathroom, we, you know, go in other rooms and we get away, whatever our jobs are. You know, if you're working at home, you go sit in another room for a little bit. But it's like when kids are in a room, it's like we expect them to just go eight hours straight. It's like that is just not going to work. It may have worked in the 80s and 90s, but it's like it's not going to work with these kids. Like these kids need breaks, whether they're younger, whether they're older. It's like we have to find ways to get them breaks. And like once you get them that break, it's like now they should be refreshed to work harder. Where if you're just burning kids out, no different than teachers, you just burn them out. And you're wondering why, you know, after an hour and a half of math, they're not listening. It's like no one's going to be listening after an hour and a half of math, even the teacher's probably tired of talking about it. Um, what are some of the other, you know, when you think of just getting kids engaged? I mean, there's there's going to be someone that's listening to this that's just like, I am just struggling to find out what works for my kids. You know, so what are some of the other things that you would just, as now an administrator, you know, you've been on both ends of it. You've been the teacher that's in, like when you're in the middle of it, it's a lot harder to see your blind spots. So now as an administrator, what are some of the tips that you would give to a teacher on, you know, getting kids engaged? Like it's I think it's totally different when you're in the when you're in the mix as a teacher, it's hard to see how you can improve or what's going, you know, really well. Some things are going really well. You know, what are some of the tips that you would give to a teacher um, to keep their kids engaged throughout? I mean, days are long, you know, so what are tips that you would give a, a teacher from an administrator standpoint? first thing I would say is just try it. Whatever you're thinking, any type of engagement strategy, it's not going to ever work if you don't try it. And it's probably not going to go perfect the first time or the second time, the third time, the 10th time. Um, But you have to try it and you have to give your kids those opportunities. I think there's there's a lot of ways that you can scaffold it for your kids. Can you, um, can you describe what scaffolding is scaffolding. for anyone that's listening that's not an educator? <laughs> Sorry. Scaffolding is basically setting your kids up for success by preparing them for it. So if we're doing um, equations in math, I have to make sure that they understand addition. I need to make sure that they understand subtraction, multiplication, division. And so teaching those things first before you get to the harder um, aspects of it. So whenever I had different strategies that I wanted to try out in my classroom, I did it with something fun. So if I wanted to do turn and talks or uh, think pair share where they have to think in their head, then they have to find a partner and then they share out with their partner, give them something fun to talk about that they want to talk about. So what's your favorite month? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? Um, giving them experience doing that, then once they know how to do it and how it's structured, then give them the harder tasks to do because they'll understand it more. So just setting them up for success and just trying it because a lot of teachers see other teachers on on Instagram and TikTok and they would love to be that type of teacher, but it's not going to work if you don't ever try. So having the courage to... Give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you see the popular Instagram teachers and it's like, those are their highlight reels. Like everyone posts their highlights. And yeah, we look, we all look real good on Instagram, but what do you do when those kids are like struggling? They're not always sitting in a perfect role like I see on your Instagram page. Like, trust <laughs> me, I know. Um, what would you, what advice would you give 
as a new administrator, what advice would you give to another administrator? Because, you know, as someone that's an administrator, as someone that's been a teacher, you know, I think a lot of the success of teachers in the classrooms also falls on the administrator and what type of environment are you allowing in your schools? Because I'm just of the thought, I think schools are just dated, which is why I am big on the environment of a school. But what what's some advice that you would give to a new administrator, such as yourself, as a new administrator, what's some advice you would give to a new administrator on support they can give for teachers to allow teachers to get their students more engaged? Because I do think some teachers feel like, and I'm not saying teachers at our school, but I just know there's teachers out there, and I've had conversations with them at conferences where they're just like, I talk about things you can do for relationships, and you're like, my administrator won't do this. My administrator you know, doesn't allow us to do that. What are some tips that you would give to an administrator um, and it's pro- honestly, it's probably not the new administrators. It's probably the administrators that have been doing it for a long time because they are stuck in this is how education is supposed to look. But what advice would you give to someone that's in administration, how they can support their teachers and support the students to have more engagement in the classrooms? Get into classrooms. A lot of administrators spend way too much time in their offices and on the phone with parents and all the other tasks that you can kind of waste your day doing. Um, I try and get into at least two classrooms a day. I usually try and do it in the morning because I know I can get it done right away before I have to go deal with something else. Whenever I go into a classroom, I have my laptop in front of me. I type everything that I see, and then I give feedback. And so I'll give at least three things that were effective, three things that went well, and then um, three next-time tries. And so during those next-time tries, that's kind of when where I will – pop in different ideas of engagement or possibly classroom management strategies um, for my teachers to try. And then some teachers sometimes want to meet with me and talk about it. Um, and we'll watch videos of other teachers doing it who are considered master teachers so that they can see what it looks like. Um, and that's something that I want to get better at because it's just my first year being an administrator. And so Um, In the future, I want to do more of that with my teachers so that they have the experience um, and kind of practice like we play. We'll practice it in in my office or with some other teachers. And then you play and you go into your classroom and you'll be prepared because you'll have kind of already experienced it. Okay. I mean, it's I mean, I I don't know if we said in the last episode or not, but you can't leave from a class. You can't leave from an office. You know, it's like you have to be and some of it's not even just being out there. Sometimes teachers just need to see you out there. It's like if you're not, how do you know what's going on in my classroom when you haven't stepped foot in my classroom? Mm -hmm. Like, don't tell me how to be an effective teacher. You're not in here. Like, you don't know the behaviors that I'm dealing with. You don't know how this kid acts the moment I, you know, do this. So I think it is important for administrators, for principals, for anyone that's a school leader to spend some time in classrooms or around classrooms, around the teachers, so you can really get an understanding of what's going on in there and not just lead from behind your desk. Um, As we get ready to close, what I want is, you know, what is one piece of advice that you would tell? Did you, when you graduated college, when you were growing up, where you were like, I'm going to be a teacher? Were you one of those? Or were you just like, woke up one day and you're like, what am I doing teaching? And now here I am. Or what was your lead into education? I had a second grade teacher. Her name was Miss Ruswick. Shout out to Miss Ruswick. Yes. No, not a shout out. Oh, okay. Not a shout out to Miss Ruswick. <laughs> she made me feel <laughs> terrible. I was not a good reader at the time. 
And I have a sister who's two years older. So she had my sister two years prior. So she constantly compared us in front of my peers and then also with my parents. And so I kind of, after that experience, knew that I wanted to go into education so that no kid ever felt like that again. Okay. Makes sense. When I, when I talk to people, I always say there's either, there's one teacher that got someone in education. Either it was a teacher that was like, she was the best. For me, that was Mrs. Davis. I talk about all the time. Or for some people, it's like that teacher sucked and I will mm-hmm. never put another kid through something like that. So Miss Ruswick, yes. if you are hearing this, <laughs> this is for you, Miss Ruswick. No, I'm just kidding. She's going to give me a, a one star review because of that. But um, what is one one piece of advice that you would give? You know, you graduated from UWM. Yep. With my undergrad and then my master's at Stritch. So what is one piece of advice you would give? 22-year-old Melissa, who was fresh out of UWM, walking into a school, thinking she is just going to take over the world one kid at a time, what is the piece of advice that you would give you? Because there's a Melissa that's at UWM right now, or at Cardinal Stritch, or at Concordia, or at Alverno, that's going to be walking into someone's school in August. What is one piece of advice you would give them? Oh, that's a hard one. Um... Be creative, get creative, and don't give up. Be creative, get creative, and don't give up. I had my first year of teaching. I taught K-4, and I can just imagine this one child named Douglas. And Douglas liked to spend a lot of time running around my classroom and doing flips and spending time under the table. And so just get creative with those behaviors. Find something productive for him to do that will keep him busy but also keep him engaged. Um, And don't give up. Teaching is hard. It's really hard, yeah. especially now, and it's exhausting. You have to deal with trying to get kids to learn who may or may not be on grade level, um, families, and then you have to try and kind of have your own life too. And so it, it's difficult, but if your heart is in it, then you just got to stay with it. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the point that you made that I think is most important is you have to know what a kid's strengths are. Like Douglas, you're going to look back in 20 years and Douglas is probably going to win, you know, the gold medal on the high beam at the Olympics in Chicago because he was, you know, flipping off your desk, (laughs) you know. So I think it's just important for teachers to understand, you know, I was a kid that always teachers always like he talks too much. Like, yeah, still do. You know, I couldn't sit still. I still don't. You know, all the a lot of the strengths that kids that kids have schools struggle with because it's not within the structure. But I also think the people and the students that don't get caught in the structure are the ones that usually take over the world. Like I'm sure Jeff Bezos, you probably go back and look at his report card. They'd be like, yeah, he doesn't listen. Yeah. That's why the guy built the biggest company in the world. Like I think there's a kid, uh, Lewis Williams. I always think of him. He's actually, are you guys from, you familiar with the Savannah bananas? No. Is anyone else familiar with the Savannah bananas? So it's a baseball team. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Okay. So I, I still think of Lewis this day. I see him on, on Facebook all the time. But Lewis, when I taught gym, was a kid I could not tell him to stop flipping in gym class. Like, I almost drove myself nuts. Like, I could have just recorded, like, Lewis, stop flipping. Lewis, stop flipping. So Lewis is uh, now an umpire in Minnesota for softball, basketball, and he does flips while he's umpiring these sports. So Lewis is actually going to be back in Milwaukee, and he's going to be the umpire for the Savannah Bananas when they their tour comes out to Franklin. So it's like kids like that that I, I even made a comment on Facebook. I'm like, I used to tell you to stop doing that and look at you. Like, don't listen. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to listen to your teachers, but sometimes the stuff that schools struggle with is actually what makes kids 
great. You know, so I think it's important for teachers to remember that as like you may have kids that are struggling, but what are their strengths? Right. Does your kid like to talk a lot and you're struggling? Then find productive ways for them to talk in the classroom. Can your kid not sit still? Then let that kid be the the girl or boy that passes papers out. Let them collect the papers. Now you're finding productive ways for kids to use the things that drive you crazy as a teacher. I have to do a shout out for one of my old students. Um, I had her in K4 and she really wanted to be a cat. A cat. She thought she was a cat. Okay. So she would sit at her table with her little friends and like like a cat and she would she would meow and she would like lick her hands and she wanted to be a cat. So I was like, okay, fine, you can be a cat. So I got her a cat costume. This is being creative. Got her a cat costume. It had three different parts. There were ears, there was the bow tie, and then the tail. I'm like, okay, if you want to be a cat, be a cat. But you have to get your work done first. And so we had reading in the morning. She had to get her reading center work done. She got one part of her costume. <laughs> then we had something else going on. So she got the next part of her costume. She wanted to be a cat? Okay, fine. Be a cat. So what is she doing today? I don't know. See, I thought you were going to be like, and now she just starred on Cats on Broadway. Like, no, that's she's in like third grade, so she's not there yet, but I I, I like ha- thought I have, in my head, I was I like, big she's going to tell me her. like she's in Broadway now and she's a cat. Not yet, but it's going to happen. She's going to get there because you gave her a cat costume. Right. She wanted to be a cat. I'm like, okay, fine. You're still going to get your work done, but be, do you? I mean, find things that will get kids... It's like we can't always dangle a carrot, but sometimes we have to put something out there. If a kid wants to do something, like kids are loyal, and when they want something, they will do whatever they have to do to get there. So thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for, all again, all your hard work, not only at our school, but just across the city of Milwaukee, all the other schools you're at. I'm sure we're better places because you were there. So I appreciate you being here uh, on the podcast, but I also appreciate all the work that you're doing now, but then all the work that you're going to do. Um, not only for our school, but just for kids in Milwaukee in general, because I'm I'm big on it's not about our school. It's about the kids and about Milwaukee, because these kids are eventually going to be leaders. And it's like we have to set these kids up for success. So thank you for taking time out today. Thanks for having me. Is there anything else you want to share before we get off? Oh, we are hiring at Greater Holy Temple Christian Academy for we are teachers hiring. next year. If you're interested, where can they go if they're interested? There are several places. They can go on Weekend. They can go on uh, Indeed. And then they can also go on my LinkedIn. Otherwise, our school website also has it. What is that school website? Greaterholy.org. That is it. You should know that. (laughs) www.greaterholy.org for those that are interested in, uh, in joining our team and working with us as our staff members are making noise in the studio. But we appreciate you coming on. If you want to join our team, uh, feel free to connect with us. Connect with Melissa. Her email is melissa.ray at greaterhoy.org. Uh, but thank you for coming on, and thank you for all the work that you do in the city of, in the city of Milwaukee and for the city of Milwaukee. Thank you.